Be seated. Thank you for joining us online. Really great to see everybody here. Uh, you know, spring break, you never know if you're just going to be preaching to an empty room. So it's awesome to see everybody uh, here this morning. God's stirring something uh, really unique, and I want us to steward that well. I want us to look first at the Passion Translation of this particular verse that we've been talking about, Psalms 24-7, and it says this, so wake up, very important that we are awakened to the purposes of God, so wake up, you living gateways, lift up your heads, it's very important, let's all say those three words together, lift up your heads, one more time, lift up your heads, you know, this is actually how you... Um, sit with God in reading scripture. You're reading a verse and all of a sudden something's highlighted and then you pay attention and give emphasis in that that the Lord is trying to reveal. I just, it's important that we spend time alone with God and we pay attention, not just read the book, but learn to sit with the author. And this is the emphasis of today. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the king of glory for he is about to come through you. Do you believe that? I mean, let's stir ourselves to hope and expectation as we look at this, and let's discuss for just a moment what is our role in what God desires to do in the earth. How many of you say, God, would you just open the gates? And then the Lord is saying, I've told you, you are the gates. Lift up your head, O ye gates. How many of you know we have a reciprocal relationship and a reciprocal responsibility to cooperate with God in what God is desiring to do in our lives? Are we all on the same page with that? Jesus really loves you. He came to save you, but he cannot save you without your cooperation and consent. This is the way the kingdom of God works. God really wants to transform your family, your world, your workplace, your neighbors, everywhere you go, but he cannot do that without your consent. It's a really unique element because God is sovereign and we all understand that, yet somehow our will comes into play to either lock or unlock God's kingdom in our lives. So we need to understand our role in this. And let me just say this with absolute clarity. Uh, deep certainty, and true conviction. And I want you to really key in on this because it is vitally important. The church uh, is going through a season right now where God is bringing loving correction and deeper direction for us to become more of who he's called us to be. And let me tell you, one of the big things that I really sense the Lord is wanting to straighten out is that we, the church, would stop blaming the nasty, lost sinners of the world for the problems we're experiencing in the nation. Lost people act lost. Have you ever been lost before? I, I tried to drive in Boston one time. Oh my goodness. It was awful. Because like I'd make, you know, I wouldn't take the right turn, then I had to go under the water where there's no GPS signal to tell me which of the roads to take under the water. And I had to go back out and then pay another toll. I don't know how many times I paid a toll, but I, I'm telling you, I was livid. I was beside myself. I was angry. I was very unchristlike. My wife finally calls me on the phone and she's like, where are you? I said, I'll tell you where I am. I mean, you know, I just was like, I mean, I was lost. Have you ever been there before? Like lost people are desperate. You know why? Because they're lost. So stop thinking that lost people acting lost is actually the problem. God loves the lost. And let me give you a little 
theological basis for what I'm saying, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. How many know the responsibility lies on God's people? Because we are the gates. There's a great responsibility that we have. It's just a lot easier to make a point by blaming people that do the wrong stuff than it is to truly live our lives in a way that helps bring transformation in society. When, when Jonah got in alignment with his assignment, the capital city of paganism, Nineveh, turned in a single day. What can happen when the church gets awakened to the purposes of God? I mean, you know, Jonah ran from the, the plan of God. He jumped on a boat and he took off going the wrong direction. How many of you have ever done that before? Can I just see? You know what happened when he got on that boat going the wrong direction? Storms descended and everybody's life suddenly got very complicated. A lot of people will have written books on it and they're, they're trying to communicate it. Storms have descended on our nation because of the unrighteous people in the land. And I just want you to know, it's actually contrary to what we read in Scripture. Storms descend on the land because the righteous don't rise up in their place and declare in utter humility, let God be lifted up in our midst of all humanity. Come on. You and I have a great responsibility in what God's calling us to, and I want us to step into a greater understanding of what our role is, what our responsibility is, and what God desires to do in our lives and in the lives of those around us. You remember, uh, I think it's time for your friends to wake up. You remember the clip that we watched? I want us to see that, and, and again, I want to emphasize something unique and specific. The first few words exchanged in this particular clip, pay very close attention because I'm going to focus on that. And you'll help? Of course. As will you. Oh, I wish I was braver. If you were any braver, you'd be a lioness. Now, I think your friends have slept long enough, don't you? The roaring lion of the tribe of Judah, Amos 3. The lion has roared. Who can help but prophesy? That's the whole emphasis that we brought with that. But I love that first clip. And she's saying, we've got problems. And she looks at the lion and she says, will you help? And what does he say? Of course, as will you. And what was her response? Oh. Did you notice it? Will you help? Of course, as will you. Oh. And that's kind of where we, we're all like, oh, <laughs> I, th I thought you were going to do this, God. Like he's looking at us saying, are you ready? And we're like, oh, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to take care of all of it. Like I've got to do something here. And this exchange is going on and it's just so bizarre whenever we start realizing just how much God wants to do in our lives. And, and it was really a great analogy of how Julie uh, spoke this morning. And Julie said, I just don't speak publicly. And if you heard her, she did great. She did amazing. We were just going on and on with her about, uh, about it after first service. But whenever we talked, we just happened to meet this last week. She and her husband Seth and I we had a conversation and she told what what she stood up here and told and she said yeah I wish I would have had the courage to say it the night we got baptized and I said well there's always Sunday be careful what you tell your pastor and, and then I was I was kind of joking but then later realized yeah well, she needs to do that and so she you know I, I called her up and I said hey why don't you do this you know plan to do this on Sunday and, she, and you know what her response was ah and how many of you know your biggest battles are internal, not external. And if you can win the battle on the inside, 
You will win the battle on the outside. But you've got to win the battle going on on the inside. This is why it's so important that you spend time alone with the lion of the tribe of Judah meditating on what he is roaring and revealing for you in your life. God's doing something really unique in this particular season. And I believe that we need to pay close attention. Um, I, I know I can, you know, ask for a show of hands. How many believe in for God to do something great in your family? Doing God to do something great in your, uh, in your friends? God to do something great in your neighborhood, in your workplace? And, and we'd all be like, yes, yes, yes. But I, I just want you to understand something. Like, you have a major role in that. In, in, you, you know why you're friends and family with them? Because God put you next to them. <laughs> You know why your co-workers with them? You didn't get that job because somebody said, oh, okay, you can have the job. You got that job because God put you there in the context of those people exactly like he had purpose for you to be. So what does he have in mind in positioning you in that regard? And how can you be used in that? There's a young man that just a few weeks ago we celebrated his name's Angel Montufar. Angel went to visit uh, Bill Mead. And uh, Dr. Mead attends our church, has been here for years now, and uh, he's, a, he's a physician, and, and Angel went in to have an appointment with him, and Angel had on a, uh, a cross necklace, and Dr. Bill said to him, just to kind of open the doorway for interaction about faith and the Lord and see where he was, he said, I see you're wearing a cross necklace. What does that cross mean to you? And Angel said later, it was, the, it was the great question because then it made him think introspectively, what does this really mean? And it also opened the doorway for them to have a conversation and for Bill to invite Angel to show up to church. And Angel was just talking about how Jesus has done such a tremendous work since that doorway began to be open of that relationship between the two. How many of you know this is the story that God wants to write in the lives of people around you? We are two weeks from Easter Sunday. Resurrected King Jesus is going to be celebrated in this room. We're going to have to pull the curtains back on the sides. and I mean, it's going to be just a tremendous morning of celebrating that Jesus is alive. How many know Jesus is alive? And he wants the world to know. So that's why the cards are on all the chairs, so that you can scoop those up and get more on the table if you'd like. Because I believe right now is a time when there is an open sense of invitation from God where we're sensing more of what God is actually revealing and the people around you actually are more perhaps ripe or sensitive to what God is doing or saying. So taking those cards and just inviting somebody and saying, look, I don't know if you have plans or if you ever thought about going to an Easter service, but if you don't have plans, and you would be interested, why don't you join me and my family? We're going to be here 9.30 and 11.30 and you can give those cards. How many know that could literally change somebody's life? We're also going to do something for the first time this year and I would invite you. We're going to do a sunrise service. We've never done it before. We're just going to be right out here in the front parking lot Sunrise is 7.15. So we're going to actually start at 7 o'clock as the sun starts to come up. We're just going to pray and worship into the morning. And uh, everybody who's serving in different roles normally shows up, you know, 7.38 to help with different things. So this will be great for, for all of those that are serving you. Your family can come to this. Anybody can show up and just join in. And we're just going to press in. BYOC, bring your own chair. We'll have some out there in case you don't. But bring your lawn chairs. And we're just going to be right out here just 
pressing in. It's going to be really raw, really basic, really acoustic, and it's going to be just a prayerful emphasis as the sun is coming up that morning that we're going to celebrate King Jesus is alive. We're going to ask the Lord to intervene in the latter services, but we're going to believe him that we're going to encounter him in an amazing way at 7 a.m. as well. I didn't think I'd get a lot of early morning amens out of it but from the 1130 crowd especially but <laughs> Psalms 24 9 in the New American Standard says lift up your heads the title today is heads up heads up lift up your heads notice lift up your heads O ye gates and lift them up why is he saying two times lift up your heads lift them up this is important. This is an important part of what God's been revealing for us to understand how to be the gates he's called us to be. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. So why does the position of my head make any difference whatsoever in regard to being the gateway of heaven or the gateway of God into my world? I started thinking about this and was just praying, asking the Lord for some wisdom. You know what? I started realizing there have been different times that I have been told different things about lift up your head. I have been told before, when I was a kid, I remember my mom and dad talking with me about a situation, and they said, son, I want you to go back in there and throw your shoulders back and hold your head up high. What were they saying? Go in with confidence. So I want to say, lift up your head, O ye gates. Proverbs 14, 26 says, the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence. And I believe you're understanding the confidence that comes from being right with God, being positioned before God, is a very significant contributor to your truly becoming the gates through which God begins to enter. You don't walk around sheepishly, uh, well I guess kind of sheepishly because that is an analogy in scripture, but you understand, don't walk around in fear, don't walk around like, you know, shrinking back because we're not of those who shrink back into shore. We're those who rise up in the strength of the Lord our God. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Have courage in Jesus' mighty name. Hold your head up high. And then another thing I've been told is keep your chin up. Keep your chin up. You ever been told that before? Keep your chin up. In other words, shake off discouragement. Keep your chin up. Be encouraged in Jesus' mighty name. I believe that today the Lord wants to awaken something of the confidence of the Lord born by the Spirit of God. I believe that today God wants to break some discouragement off of some people's lives. And there have been times that I've been messing around with some friends and they're about to throw a ball my way and what do they say? Heads up! Heads up! What are they saying? Don't just pay attention to this because there's something you need to see that's about to happen up here. And I believe God is saying, heads up! Heads up, church! Don't just get lost in the temporal disposition that tends to captivate our thinking. But pay attention. There's something up here God is desiring for us to see. That God is desiring for us to know. I believe that today God is activating and awakening confidence. I believe he's breaking discouragement. And I believe he's enlarging and increasing our awareness. How many of you receive that over your life? Why don't you just receive it then? Let's just take a moment where I'm not preaching you into something, but you're just praying into it. Maybe you're sitting here and you're realizing, you know what, my own attitude is fighting God's best for my life. My own attitude 
How many know your own attitude can become your own worst enemy? So come on, let's just submit to what he's desiring to do. Just before we move any further, Lord, I pray for those that need true confidence, not fabricated boldness, but a true confidence that's born from the Spirit of the Lord, that the fear of the Lord would be a strong confidence in our lives. We just receive that right now. God's awakening that confidence in some people's hearts and lives. Online, in this room, I'm convinced of it. God is doing something supernatural if we'll cooperate. We just shake discouragement right now in the name of Jesus. Keep your chin up. We just break that discouragement. We will be encouraged in the Lord as a result of our gathering together and going deeper in your word, but it'll just be the way we will walk through the course of this week ahead with full expectation, absolute confidence that God is at work and discouragement is broken in Jesus' mighty name. As you activate something of a greater awareness, Lord, within our hearts as we're discerning what God is up to every step of the way through the course of this next week. No circumstance takes you off guard. So help us, Lord, in every circumstance that comes our way, just to pause, step back, and pay attention to you so that we can respond rather than react. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm really talking about perspective. I had a difficult conversation with somebody this week, and they called me on the phone and they said that they had an acquaintance that they got to know through work. They were convinced that the acquaintance, the person did not know Jesus. The person had been battling cancer and had resolved that they were just not going to fight it anymore. They were not going to continue with treatments. And this individual, understanding as a believer the scope of eternity realized I need to go and pray with this individual and give them an opportunity to receive Christ. Let's be very clear. Let's have no mistake about it. In a politically correct world in which you and I live, eternity is forever and Jesus is the answer to living eternally in heaven and without Jesus, we suffer hell. Let's be clear. I know not a lot of people are preaching about it because it's a little harsh. It's a little difficult. But if your house is burning, you don't want me to come to the front door and just tell you all the nice things about your house. You want me to help you get out of there, right? And so we need to understand this. And, and this, I had this conversation, and, 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 and he said, you know, I knew I needed to go. I just got so busy. And then the wife called me and said he just suddenly passed away. And how do I reconcile that, Pastor? How do I, how do I mend that in my own heart? Do we really believe what we say we believe? And does it truly shape the way we're living our lives? Leonard Ravenhill said this incredible statement, five minutes inside eternity. Imagine when you step into eternity and you're good with God. You've given your life to Jesus, then you're good with God. You step into eternity in, in, in just five minutes there. Imagine what it would be like. Ravenhill said, five minutes inside eternity. We will wish that we had sacrificed more. 
will wish that we had wept more, grieved more, loved more, prayed more, given more. How many of you know Raven Hill's right? If we can get an eternal perspective before we arrive there, then it can shape the way we're living our temporal lives. And let me just say, it's very important that you understand what, what I'm about to communicate to you as the church. This is a, this is a really meaningful time in the, in the overall perspective of eternity for you to consider what it is to worship God with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure that it becomes an expression of your worship. It's amazing, but tithing, I know we don't make time for it to pass buckets and do the pitch, and so we kind of have to just talk about it from time to time just to make sure everybody's on the same page and understanding what God's opinion of this is, but tithing has always been a part of God's plan for worship from the very beginning before the law. Don't people argue this is Old Testament law? It's before that. It's in the days of Melchizedek before the law was even given. And then after the law, Jesus said you shouldn't neglect the tithe. Like he's endorsing what was revealed before the law ever came. This is just part of God's plan for worship. When God increases our lives, we take the first fruits or the portion that, that tithe means 10% and we bring it back to the Lord and we say God, I only have what I have because of you and I worship you with all that I am. That's what that is. It's just an expression of our adoration to him saying Jesus is Lord. I, I know a lot of people are, you know, they struggle whenever they show up at church and just start talking about money and, and I just want you to know we're good. We don't need you to give to make a budget and we're not like, you know, this month we've got to have this amount to come in and we're trying. I mean, that's not where we are. We're not even saying we do good things in the community so if you'll give, we'll make sure all that gets there. This is about your heart and your worship. This is about you being before the Lord your God. And as you then honor him, what happens is he's trying to enlarge his kingdom starting deep within your soul. And the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will go. And that's why your treasure is such an important part of this. Because when you get your treasure right, your, hollow, your heart will follow after that. And here we are in the storehouse where we're spiritually fed. And that's the principle we say in Scripture. We bring our tithe before the Lord. I encourage you, find a giving station and do this as unto the Lord. Perhaps during worship. Maybe you prefer online. You can text give to that number on the screen if you want to set that up and, and take care of that in terms of a worshipful expression between you and God. However you do it, I just encourage you, your time, your talent, your treasure needs to be in the scope of the eternal values of God so that we're walking out and seeing God's kingdom expand first in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our own legacy, in our own sons and daughters. This is about spiritual wellness. How many of you know that's what I'm talking about? Spiritual wellness. We're going to move into a very intense focus of what it means to be spiritually well after we get past Easter Sunday. But I want you to understand, Ravenhill goes on in his quote in the scope of eternity, and he says these words, the greatest tragedy ever. What would you say, the greatest tragedy ever? The greatest tragedy ever is a sick church in a dying world. Boy, the Lord wants to bring us into a greater place of health. And that's why I just want to say to you today, heads up, walk in great confidence, <laughs> shake off discouragement, 
And let the Lord awaken his purposes everywhere you go as you're walking this thing out. Your, you, your mind is a powerful gift from God. How many of you know the human engine that exists within you is the expression of ingenuity in an amazing way? I mean, the, the mind outside of the presence of God will find its way into something and it probably will not be good. I don't know. It, it's amazing, but science actually tells us that, that our brains uh, are, have the capacity to generate 400 billion actions per second. Like, you're, I don't know if you realize just how powerful your brain is, but your thought life is hugely important. Above all else, guard your heart. Do you know that the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he? The reason we're to guard our heart is because you have a thinking heart. I know we just think about our thinking head, but you have a thinking heart. That's where thought patterns get deeper in the patterns of your life, and they really become the meditation and the expression of who you are. It's very important that we're paying attention because your mind has the ability to think yourself up, and your mind has the ability to think yourself down. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. How many of you know you used to have an old person who lived a certain way that you want to move away from? Anybody here can relate to that. I know what that's like. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. These 400 billion actions per second are is messing you up. If Jesus isn't Lord of your life, then there are issues that are manifesting, and you've got to come under the Lordship of Christ to truly step into who God's designed you to be. To be made new, verse 23, in the attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, What you're thinking about really matters. Do you understand that? What consumes your mind will take control of your life. What consumes your mind will take control of your life. What you think about matters. So think about what you think about. For just a minute. What have you been thinking about this past week? Because what consumes your mind is going to take control of your life. And you just need to understand, all of us need to understand, the devil doesn't have to tie you up for you to be bound. All he has to do is fill your head with stress, worry, lust, anger, unforgiveness, just this 400 billion actions per second of anything that's contrary to the kingdom of God, and he can get you bound up, unable to function. You literally can make yourself physically sick as a result of what's going on in your brain. Do you understand the power of that human engine that exists within you? Anybody here just sense it? I just want to ask the question again. Anybody here just sense it? Like, your attitude has been fighting God's best. Come on. Lord, lead us into a place of understanding. We are the gates. We're waiting on you. We're saying, Lord, will you do this? And you're turning the tables, trying to awaken something within us. I pray, Lord, for confidence that's born of the Spirit. I pray discouragement be shaken off. And I proclaim right now in the name of Jesus, we will step into a greater awareness and a deeper understanding of what God is doing every moment of our day. In the name of Jesus, 
amen and amen. You were born to be a gateway for the king. You were born to be a gateway for the king. So what we do is we say things like this, Lord, I want a promotion. How many of you like to have a promotion? Just raise your hand. I just want a promotion. But it's promotions for, it's, it's an Oprah show today. Promotion for everybody. <laughs> we're saying, Lord, come on, open the gates. Lord, I need a promotion. And the Lord is saying, you are the gate. It's a reciprocal relationship. He turns the tables back. And Harvard did this research, and it blows me away when I go back and look at this. But Harvard University said 85% of a person's ability to get a promotion in the workplace has nothing to do with their ability to perform a task. 85% of a person's ability to get a, a promotion in the workplace has to do with their attitude. You are the gates. Like, Lord, open the gates. Like, check your attitude. Hey, highly gifted people are overlooked every single day because they have a sorry attitude in the way they're going through their job. Open the gates, Lord. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. Lord, would you just make me healthy? Oh, man. The Lord's like, turn the table. I mean, you know, you've got a role of responsibility in being healthy. And there are a lot of things you need to consider about your overall health. And there are a lot of people who can help you walk some of those details out of how to do that. But one of the things I just want to point out today is we're talking about lift up your heads. The University of Wisconsin reports negativity makes you more prone to illness. The National Academy of Sciences links negative brain activity to a weakened immune system. Pessimistic people get sick quickly compared to optimistic people. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Just so important that we understand like the right attitude in every circumstance really impacts our life. It's almost like a merry heart does good like a medicine or something, Proverbs 17, 22. It's just a beautiful reality. An abundance of research shows that that your attitude affects dating, personal finance, career, overall health, wellness. The list goes on and on. Your attitude affects your future. That's why the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. Every moment give thanks. How many of you ever had a bad day before? Can I just see? Raise your hand if you have had a bad day. Maybe today's a bad day. We got some double-armed bad days going on there. You had a bad day. How many of you, in the middle of your bad day, chose to give thanks instead of rehearse the complaint of the bad day all day long? You understand? This is what changes the dynamic of what it is that you're going through. Open the gates, Lord. Open. He said, you are the gates through which the king of glory desires to come through. But you've decided to rehearse complaints rather than give thanks. And in light of that, the gates are not opening up. But I believe today God is helping us to see some things that we need to see. That the fear of the Lord produces a confidence. I know the gates are going to open. That I'm going to keep my chin up and just Encouragement is going to be broken off of my life, and I'm going to begin to be more aware of what God is desiring to do in every moment and circumstance of time. Rise up, church! Jesus is constantly looking up in Scripture. Have you noticed it? Lazarus is dead. What does Jesus do? He shows up at the tomb, and the Bible says, Jesus looked up to the heavens. 
And then he raised him from the dead. I mean, this is throughout the Bible. And then he, he goes in, and there's like 5,000 people, and they're hungry, and they need to be fed. And what does the Bible say Jesus did? It says, before he did anything feeding them, he lifted his countenance to the heaven. It's almost like he's in these circumstances, but controlled by this perspective. Therefore, he will remove his focus from these circumstances long enough to get the heart of the Father to know how to respond. And the mountains begin to move, and the giants begin to fall, and the circumstances begin to change. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. You are made in the image of your Father in heaven. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I want to commission you with an assignment today. You know, there's only so far you can be preached into in your pursuit of God. I'm trying to learn to pay attention to Him while I'm up here raving. <laughs> I, I get so passionate. I mean, I, I, I get passionate at everything. My, my kids, you know, when they were little, would embarrass them all the time because like if they climb to the top of the jump, 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 whatever that thing is in McDonald's, the jungle gym, uh, like I'm the one swinging from the bar screaming and then I realize everyone in McDonald's is looking at me. True story. And what happens because I'm an activator, because I'm a maximizer, because I'm a positivity communicator, uh, because those, those are if you know strengths finders, you, you know what I'm talking about. Because I, I carry those, I get up here, I get passionate, and then I start winding up. And then I start winding other people, and we get wound up. And if I'm not careful, I allow you to feed off of me instead of pointing to him. I'm learning that in this season of my life. I want us to encounter him. And I want to just say to you in the course of this week, it's very important that you're paying attention to what he is doing. Big statement. If you've gotten the live notes on your phone, you're waiting for the blanks. But your mind does not automatically operate on the level of your anointing. Quite the opposite. How many ever felt like the Lord told you to do something and immediately you began wrestling? If you're A.T. Hargrave, you're wrestling. <laughs> but you understand, when you, you suddenly have a, a sense of, of direction from the Lord and then your mind starts fighting that. Why? Because your mind is not prepared to operate on your level of anointing. You've got to constantly be renewing your mind. That's why you get into the conversation with the Lord in a place of prayer. Just paying attention to what he's saying. And suddenly, you just find yourself responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You give a word of encouragement to somebody, and they're like, man, how in the world did you know that I needed that so specifically right now? Creates an open doorway then for you just to say, I really believe God wants to help us in this type of stuff. It opens the doorway for conversation. It, can, can, can that just paint a picture for you for a minute how beautiful that is and how horrible it is just to walk up to somebody and say hey you want to burn in hell <laughs> you understand like for real 
religion has done a horrible disservice to awaken a bunch of zealous religious people that are blaming lost folks for what you and I have to take responsibility for. It's relational. What God's doing in the world is relational. I want to help people. We've got to build relationship first with God and then be available for Him to use us relationally in the lives of people around us. And just going into certain places, when God starts releasing the spirit and the fire of revival in the earth, just your going there releases his presence, and suddenly people start responding. Crime rates start going down in the community. Do you believe this? Welsh Revival, they started having so few criminals through the justice system that they started a tradition that on the days when the judges would show up to work with nobody to try, they presented them with white gloves. Go home. You're not needed today. And I want Jesus to show up in a way that changes our world. Come on, would you stand? Let's declare this together. Psalms 34.1. Can we all just say it real loud, out loud? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise continually be in my mouth. Let's do it again. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Your assignment this week is to pray these short breath prayers through the course of the week. Constantly, short breath prayers. You don't have to go into elaborate hours of intercession, short breath prayers. This is the way it goes. You get in your car, you start your car, you're about to drive, you just kind of put your hand out. That's what I like to do. Just put my hand out, just a kind of a, a posture before the Lord. You're, I believe your physical posture matters. And I just kind of put my hand, this is what I do. I just put my hand out, I just say, Lord, while I'm driving to this, wherever I'm driving, can I just feel your presence in such an amazing way? I just want to know you more. And then maybe on my drive, I'm like, Lord, I'm when we're in this conversation, this meeting that I'm about to go into, can we just sense the nearness of God and have the wisdom of God in the way we have the conversation that, that we wouldn't just talk as if you're not there, even if the other person's not aware that you're there. May I be fully aware that you're there and allow you to be involved in that conversation. How many you know that will change everything? I mean, chairs will be slain and the spirit will be amazing. <laughs> it <laughs> really is just short breath prayers inviting the Lord just a way of I, I mean this says continually I will bless the Lord at all times Lord I just thank you that tonight will you receive this tonight Lord your word says when we lie down our sleep will be sweet how many are you gonna get some good rest tonight I just give thanks just short breath prayers God's doing something right now in this moment I, I'm telling you God is downloading some things in this moment in our hearts to awaken what I am talking about because he is the one talking about it. You don't need to hear me. You need to hear him. Uh, Lord, whatever it is that you desire to do in each and every one of our hearts, we just surrender to you. Maybe there are people in the room or online just say, you know, I don't even know that I know Jesus, have not really prayed to receive Christ. I pray, Lord, this would be that morning. Maybe people who say, you know, I've just neglected the presence of the Lord so much. I pray this would be a morning, Lord, that you restore us <laughs> to be more aware of your presence. Wherever you are on the spectrum, can we all just pray a prayer 
declaring that we embrace he is the Savior of the world. We want him to be Lord of our lives. Would you pray this with me out loud? Say, Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, but you're alive. You're risen from the grave. I accept you're the Savior of the world. You are my Savior. You redeem me from my sins. And you restore my life. Teach me to walk in your ways, being led by your Spirit every moment of every hour of every day for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. let's just take a few moments before we conclude and as we just worship would you allow him to seal what he has stirred in your heart the Bible speaks of the parable of the seeds let's not let the enemy steal the seed let's not let the the weeds and distractions choke out the seed let's let the seed really take root let's take just a moment allow that the seed of God's word and what he's planted in our hearts to truly begin to take root before we are dismissed.